0: height-wise, couldn't fold me up and put me in the plane. Uh, If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those, Matthew 16. Let me just right out of the gate tell you what my hope is uh, in our 30 minutes together. Uh, I want to try to encourage you, um, by the grace of God, to to have the obstacles that keep us um, from really joining in with God's dream uh, to see those obstacles deconstructed uh, and, and trust all the more in the promises, power, and presence of God in our lives to see happen what God has already told us will happen if we would simply join him. Um, and so uh, Albert talked about gazing up and, and, and gazing up at Jesus and having to have the angels say, uh, okay, hey, let, let's, get, let's get to doing what um, he, he's asked us to do now. And what I want to do uh, is try to get you, not in a, di- in a bit of a different way, to actually gaze up. Um, because I think that part of our problem is we're so busy gazing at our own navels that we've lost the courage to step into wholeheartedly what God has called us to for several reasons, right? And I'll try to outline some of those quickly. Uh, One, right now, there's just not a lot of encouraging data uh, about being a pastor and planting a church. In fact, if you're paying attention, there's a lot of church plants die in the first year. You know, this guy literally died trying to plant a church, right? He was working 90-hour weeks. He came home, went to bed one night and never woke up again. And then you've got the rise of the nuns and not, not like Catholic nuns, but like the those who self-identify as "I'm nothing." Uh, you've got a growing secularization where, like, like, people just don't care, right? Maybe they're antagonistic, but more than likely, they just don't care. Uh, and and on and on. I could go. We're just a hyper-negative culture, and and so what can happen is, in the face of that, the fear of failure, the fear of stepping into where you know you're going to take shots, shrinks us back a little bit. And, and then on top of that, there's you, right? Wherever you are, there you are, right? And, and so the thought that the things that we're talking about really, really can happen with you and in you and through you, and it, like it does one of two things. For some of us, that, that's just too much. That's just too hard to believe because we know us. Like, we know that we know a lot about things that should be done, although we don't really do them. See, persisters, and most pastors are achieving persisters, um, that, that most persisters have standards for others that they don't necessarily meet themselves they demand that others do, although they don't. Now, when you're a pastor, a minister, a leader, and that's how you operate, there's internal stress at, 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 that never ceases. And so, man, it's difficult to kind of dream big when you've got the burnout rate the way it is, you've got the difficulty of church planning to be what it is, especially if you've got your own little, you got your own little kind of holy huddle all built out right now where, man, you know, we've got some zeros now, right? We we were like eight people, but now, now we got a zero, pastor, all right? We like, we're like at 12. 12 now, right? That's a zero. And then, man, we have 400. Okay, well, we hit a 1,000. And so now, now I've got to protect this because it's scary out there. Um, I took my daughter to see, this was when she was about six years old, um, the epic play Barbie Fairytopia. And so maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but that was date night for us. So I took her to Target, splurged, uh, let her pick out whatever she wanted, whatever outfits. So she picked out a little outfit and I might have got myself something. But, uh, and, and then we went to uh, Bass Hall in Fort Worth and we watched Barbie Fairytopia. And, and so I'm trying to ruin her for any suckers, all right? Like if you're a man, you can come on and approach my daughter and, and let's have the conversation. But if you're a punk, I'm, I'm, I'm destroying it for you right now. So I showed up, brought her flowers, opened the door for her. She tried to open the door, rebuked her. I was like, this ain't about your strength, boo, because I know you're strong. This is about me serving you and about your expectation in the future that other brothers do this and open the door and let her sit down and then we drove and, and we got, I had great seats, right? I got a problem with tickets. I, I need, I got a little ADD. I need to be close to the front, like back there, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. I'd be checking stuff and writing an email and every once in a while agreeing. So I got to be up here where other people can watch me not be doing other things, but be paying attention. So we're up front. So uh, Audrey and I sitting there. We're, she's amped. She's got, I, I mean, I don't know if you have little girls, but man, she just had like wonder in her eyes, just couldn't wait. Barbie's going to be here. That's a huge deal when you're six, right? Uh, and and so we sit down in our seats, like, like kind of front, center, um, like third, second, third row. And, and, and then it's just about to start. And I realize, oh man, I can see from where we're sitting, you can see um, behind the curtain a little bit. And you can see the stage guy there. Um, um, you know, hey, Stephen, like, have like, got the stage guy just like telling people, okay, you go to, okay, go on now, okay, change costumes, let's get out there. And, and then midway through the play, my little five, six year old daughter looked up at me and the wonderment was gone. And she said, The, the bad guys in Barbie Fairytopia, you probably already know this, uh, are fungus, right? Fungus that destroy Barbie land. And, uh, and my daughter looked up at me, wonderment gone, and said, Those aren't real fungus, they're people dressed up as fungus. And, and then really, for the rest of the play, the magic was gone. The, the rest of Barbie, now, it, the magic was always gone for me, but, um, <laughs> what, but I'll tell you what did break my heart, watching the magic leave my daughter. And then I saw, in that moment, disenchantment take root. And, and once disenchantment got in there, magic, the miraculous, fairies, Gone. They're just people. They're just people dressed up, Dad. They aren't real fungus. And, and I think what I want to try to do is get your heads back up, get your gaze back up, and I've prayed to the Spirit of God that your wonderment would return, that your enchantment would, would be replenished, and you'd believe in magic again. And so let let's start with this. I've I've already given you my outline. I want to talk to you about um, God's power. I want to talk to you about um, God's promises. And I want to talk to you about God's presence. And and I need to do that uh, more quickly than I normally would. So let let me start with God's promises. Um, like, like if you want to dream big and you don't want these generic dreams, which by the way, that's brilliant. you got to make it to that workshop. If you don't want generic dreams, you, you want kind of big, God-sized, specific dreams. And I'm telling you, you have got to be anchored in the promises of God. In the day in which we live, you're anchored in anything else. You will get mowed down. But if you anchor yourself in the promises of God, Because I'm assuming here that you believe them. And if you don't believe them, then i got another sermon to preach, and we ain't got time for that. But but I want to show you just a couple of my favorites. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says this, And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now there are two things that I'm always drawn through in this text. One, that he's saying this, praise his name to Peter. Because if God can take Peter and do a work of the Spirit that the church is established and, and, and I, I've got some confidence that maybe he can use me. Like, have y'all read about Peter? Like, I I love a ferocious man, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Like, Jesus calls Peter the devil. Now, I've been rebuked by the Lord before. I I have walked in sin and been rebuked by the Holy Spirit, but I have not yet crossed that line where Jesus called me the devil. (laughs) And not only that, but, but Peter consistently gets things wrong. Brazen, arrogant, and all the church planner said, amen, there's hope for me. <laughs> Knows how it should be done, is going to fix it all, is going to make it happen. Gets humiliated, gets back up, still arrogant, gets humiliated, gets back up, still arrogant, gets humiliated, gets back up, still arrogant, gets humiliated, and finally by the time he's an old man, writing in the, the latter uh, letters he, he seems to have found uh, a spot and, and you get this promise for two things one that the, the spirit of God is going to use Peter but then on top of that he will build his church that God has promised I'm going to build my church right so now here's where we're at. it now it's out of your hands I'm going to build my church And I'm going to build it in such a way that it moves forward, it doesn't shrink back. In fact, so violently will it move forward that the gates of hell, hell will be like, oh hell, and try to stop it by putting up gates. And the gates of hell will not prevail against Christ establishing his church to the end of the earth. Now, why that should be spectacular for us in 2017 is we've watched this and are continuing to. To watch it, we are in the middle, the already but not yet world of the kingdom that leads me to the second promise I love to remember and latch onto. It's not really a, a promise as much as it's a picture of what will come because God has said it will be so. In Revelation 7, starting in verse 9, it says this After this, I looked. And behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, here's here's where, where I try to kind of position my mind in the promises of God he will build his church and when this run is over every tribe tongue and nation on earth has gathered and is waving hosanna right like so so i know i, I know how the run ends now, i got 40 years, 50 years, maybe less, but, but I know that however God is using me, however visible it looks, that by surrendering to God's call on my life, whether that be little bitty or big, that in God's eyes I have been a part of His plan to push back what's dark, redeem and save the lost uh, from every tribe, tongue, and nation on earth. And so if you're camped out, rooted into the promises of God, you will not dream generic small dreams because this is what you're caught up in. This is our story. And maybe you're like, "Man, you don't know me. I'm some tiny little town in South Carolina. Well, last time I checked that tiny little town, South Carolina, it was on Earth. And, and Earth was that spot in the middle of the expanse of the universe that God has determined and decided he would let his glory be seen most visibly. So it seems that Podunk, South Carolina is exceedingly significant, right? Okay, well, welcome. So you've got God's promises. Camp out there. If you go generic, and here's why, like, like conferences, they're always like, I, I so love the energy you get out of but here's where I think you, you sometimes can get put behind the eight ball. Like, like Albert just got up here He like, man, first Sunday I put out like 400 chairs, 7,000 people showed up. It was raining people in our place. And then like, like I got to an existing church and tried to retrofit it, and then we've, we've grown by thousands. But what if it would have gone the other way? Like, am I speaking at exponential if I came in with great specific vision and led boldly and powerfully with my prophetic voice and killed the place? Is Dave Kong going, hey, would you do a breakout on how to kill a church that needs to die? <laughs> my guess is no. My, my guesses are not like, hey, church killer, come, come help them. Come help them. No, they I I don't think they would, but but here's here's where I want to press upon you. When I'm talking about God's power, here's what I want to try to expose. The drift of the human soul is always towards self-reliance. No human soul anywhere ever naturally drifts towards reliance on God Time and time and time again, we want to step away from his reliance and we want to own it and we want to control it. And that's honestly what leads to generic vision. Oh, it worked over there? Let me take it and I'll make it my own. I'll make it work here, right? that That's you going... I've got this. I don't need the Spirit's power. I don't need the Lord's power. I've figured out the matrix. And listen, even in this breakout, I'm telling you, you take that little thing he did and you don't really bathe that thing in the Holy Spirit, you have not been designed to operate outside the power of the Spirit. It's not what God has called you to. It is not your wisdom, your might, your skill, your oratory flair that transforms lives. you got nothing but the Spirit's power. So we want to camp on the promises and we want to lean into his power. And we see this, tape preached on it, but then you see it again in Acts 4, 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now look right at me. That is not a verse that gives you permission to be stupid. Right? I mean, I've heard guys preach that way, So you don't have to be learned. Okay, no, you don't have to be learned, but that's not like, hey, be an idiot because God uses that a lot. No, 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 the emphasis, the point of the text is the power of the Spirit of God working in ordinary men. That's the thrust of the text, not be dumb. No, so I, I want you to kind of be the best version of you possible, right? You read leadership books, you get on your, your unique design, you figure out your personality. I want you to grow in every possible way you can with an understanding that for all of your giftedness, you might just build a house of cards if not surrendered to the Spirit of God. Right? Happens all the time. And then lastly, God's presence. I love Jesus' teaching here. Here's what, John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing presence of God when we're talking about big dreams and things that hinder us listen you're rooted in something other than the presence of God you're operating in something other than the power of the Holy Spirit and you're operating out of the presence of God then I I don't know what you're building but it is certainly not the church and and I get it listen pastoral ministry is busy like, I, it just is. And here's what I want to kind of let you know, because what I'm, I'm old enough now to, to have gone through a couple of life stages where you're like, oh, if I could just get here, things will slow down. If I could just get to this moment, things will stop. And, and it, it doesn't ever. In fact, 10 years ago, I thought, man, surely it was. And it's like we're accelerating. And as my kids get ready to leave our house, I'm watching my parents get ready to move into it. Oh, y'all, y'all think that's funny, huh? Must be a lot of young folk here. I'm like, oh, we're about to get the house to ourselves. Dad's not looking good. Okay, well, change that room. Get one of those chairs that can like, pick him up with a button. Is there apps for that now? I've got to research all sorts of weird things now. Uh, and so what, what, what I'm pleading with you to consider is that the obstacle that sits in front of you really surrendering, radically surrendering to what God might just accomplish in through and with you is rooted in you not really trusting in the promises of God but but maybe the promises of stuff you hear at things like this it's not really rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit but has been built upon your natural abilities And that you are operating in such a way where you are not abiding, remaining, staying with Christ throughout your day. But rather, you you say that one short, quick prayer right before you walk out and preach. I know we ain't talked all week, Lord, I'm gonna need you on this one. Make this work. No, 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 there's an invitation to abide. How stunning is that? There's an invitation to abide. So how should we... How should we think if, the, if these are the three things that kind of remove uh, hurdles or remove the, the cap on our dreaming, then, then man, how are we to, how do we kind of really to walk in these things? Well, let me give you three things on, on how to walk in, in the power, uh, uh, in the promises, power and presence of God. The, the first is um, happily acknowledge your limitations. Right, so here's, here's what I'm finding, 42 in ministry now for over 20 years, here, here's what I'm learning. That in pastoral, I think it's everywhere, but I just noticed it because the domain I'm in is pastoral ministry, uh, Acts 29, 600 and something churches, uh, six continents and growing. And, and what I notice is that so many pastors and ministry leaders have a faux projection of themselves that is not reality. They're afraid, they're weak, they're not sure, they, they can't. They can't project anything other than the opposite of that. God knows if, if people were to find out that they were weak and, and not sure, the whole thing would come. You need to acknowledge your weaknesses and be okay with them. Like God hasn't, you know, you know, God has distilled all the gifts and just placed them right in you. No, he spreads those things out for many reasons which are a different sermon. If there is a creator God and there is and God's big plan is to seek and save the lost to redeem from every tribe, tongue and nation on earth, men and women who will praise him as we read, as he has promised. Then you do acknowledge your limitations, walk in the lane of your strengths, and gather around you men and women who are gifted in other ways, who you respect that giftedness, celebrate it and move forward here's the second thing and I want to spend just a a couple of moments here because I think it's going to be so important to you we have to learn to read the Bible honestly you tracking with me let me let me try to help how about this one we we love verses on blessing and comfort and tend to completely forget about the ones where God lets us know that in this world we will have trouble like it's just such a. it's like something's missing from our brain and I can say that that too soon It's been seven years. I thought I could make that joke. All right, so what what happens is that we, we kind of just forget all about how often men and women in the Bible are like, what is going on? I trusted in your promises. I'm leaning in your power. I've been walking with you. What is this? Like, it's just like we've divorced ourselves from the Bible that teaches these things so clearly i've been teaching through exodus for the last year at the village and um in exodus you to spend a lot of time in genesis because genesis comes before exodus right you with me on that it's Pentateuch, five books one story we don't have time uh, exodus 15 12 through 16 says this though as the sun was going down a deep sleep fell on abram and behold dreadful and great darkness fell upon him Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years. How long has the U.S. been a country? Anybody off the top of their head? Doesn't matter. Less than 400. (laughs) But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good, good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So here, here's my point. God just said, hey, 400 years is going to be awful. But then I'm going to come get you. Like, like we, we just don't want to touch that. Now what we do want to touch is come back to that. You're coming out! You're coming out of slavery. Great possessions. You will plunder the Egyptians. I don't want to talk about that 400 years. Okay. Um, uh, We were heading on vacation uh, several years ago, and my daughter was in the backseat, and she was complaining about this bump on her leg. And um, my mother-in-law, we call her Mimi, she came and she was just, we were getting gas, and she was like, you guys be safe when you're driving. You know, there's too late. You got to watch for traffic. Please get in the right lane when you're right. And I don't know if your mother-in-law's like that. Mine, mine is. And, and she pointed to my daughter's leg, and she said, that looks like a boil. So you, you know what happens when you got like a six-year-old in a car seat. She's like, What's a boil? What's a boil? What's a boil? Mimi felt a shell like yeah it's hot that's a boil they're probably gonna have to lance it what's lancing it what's lancing it and then my mother in law said well what they do is they'll just take like a a scalpel and they'll just cut it open and then they'll let it breathe and it'll be fine. So then the whole way to this lake house, we're going, my daughter's in the back going, I don't want him to cut my leg! 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 And I'm going, I'm going to strangle Linda Welch Walker, right, (laughs) Uh, and then we get there, and she's got a fever, and so I have to take her to the hospital, right, in this little lake community, and we get to the hospital, and this poor kid doctor, I mean, he did not know what we've been through. He walks in, he's like, yeah, it's a boil, we're gonna have to lance it, and now my daughter freaks out I mean she's freaking out so they've got like a nurse on her but she got some Chandler blood in her ain't gonna take more than one nurse and they got a nurse trying to hold her down doc's coming in putting on deals and and so I had to sit on my daughter's waist I had to put my forearm in her chest and pin her to the bed and I don't know if you're a daddy but that's hard And she's screaming and looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) And that doctor stuck that scalpel in her leg, opened it up, let it breathe. See, I knew she had to have that to live. The doc knew that she had to have that to live. Everyone with vision could see she needed that to live. She couldn't see it. Listen to me, when I'm saying read the Bible honestly, I'm asking you not to be surprised by difficult days. Look at me, they are coming for you. Don't be surprised by them, but don't hate them. Lord's at work in the mess. You're gonna give it a go and fail. Somebody's gonna betray you. These things happen. That's why, that's why you gotta keep your eyes on the cross. I mean, you wanna talk about a plan that went a little bit differently than everyone thought. Right? (laughs) I mean, you go get into John um, 14, 15, 16. Watch how confused and disoriented. What? Who? No way. No, let's read the Bible honestly. We live in a Genesis 3 world. Suffering never takes God by surprise. And he'll use it to cut from us what will ultimately destroy us and put into us the life we need. My last point. It's not even a point. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you a couple of seconds because this is a rare moment where we can just kind of be quiet for a second. And there'll be a lot of people that get up here and preach and speak and a lot of workshops. And, um, but, but really what I want you to do is just for a second before we really get going, I want you to kind of take some stock of your own heart of kind of what's going on you, like what you've come in here, what your expectations are. So, so why don't you do this? Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. It's a very um, Easter thing to do, but I want to just ask you a couple of questions. Not a lot of fanfare, not a lot of loud singing, just you, the Spirit of God, and me, I don't matter. I'm heading home. I don't, I'm not going to follow you around. I'm not going to know, but the Lord's with you. His presence, His power, they're here, His promises. He can't break His promises. So, just a couple of questions to consider. Where do you feel stuck? No real traction. Are you in a season where you're doubting the promises of God? You know them, you're just doubting them. And can in this moment you pinpoint the root of that doubt? Is it fear? Is it you? Or, or what about, is it God's power that you're not leaning into? Have you? And listen, no, I, I want you to be encouraged today. It, it, it is an easy thing to slide away from reliance on the power of God and into self-reliance, you, you, you should just know. Even as I'm asking this question, that you join a chorus of heroes in the Bible who were guilty of the same thing. So, man, you're just going to see you're exhausted because, man, you're not running on God's power in the presence of. Christ via the spirit you're on your own and you feel on your own and you feel orphaned and you feel weary and there's a reason that you're a a good-sized church with resources that won't multiply because you're so terrified that you can't handle it that you won't be enough that this is too risky You, you see how if you're not rooted in the promises leaning into the power and trusting the presence that it that sabotages the very mission that God has for you while you're here Or lastly, and this is such a, you you probably think this is a simple question, but man, how's, how's your relationship with Jesus? It's not uncommon to become an expert about him, but stop hanging out with him. Don't Facebook stalk Jesus. So just by means of confession, here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're here and you're saying, Chandler, if I'm... If I'm just straight with God, not with you, I'm not sure if I like you or not, but if I had to be straight with, with God, who I believe is here, I'm, I'm in a season where I'm having a really tough time believing that the promises of God are true. There are things going on in my ministry, in my marriage, in my life, and the promises of God are difficult for me to believe right now. If that's you would you just raise your hand where you are. You don't need to feel ashamed of that, worry about who sees it. Just get that hand up. Don't do that Baptist half up. Uh, just get it all the way up there and say, man, I'm struggling right now to get this. Again, you're joining a host of people. Praise God, will not you put your hands down. Secondly, if you would say, no, 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 I, I'm, I think I believe uh, th- those promises, Matt, but I am, man, I have drifted into self-reliance and I feel orphaned and powerless and weak and like all of this is on me and it's starting to feel crushing and I, man, I am not walking in the power and presence of God right now. Would you raise your hand? Say, man, I'm trusting in me. Okay, praise God, when not you put your hands down. Here's what I wanna do. I want to just pray a blessing over you. I mean, there were just hundreds of you that are just weary and exhausted. So you need to be, look around, you need to be encouraged that you are not alone. And that we have the opportunity now to repent. And even we don't know the way out, we can just go, God, I don't want to, this is not what I want, I want you. I want to believe your promises, help me. I want to lean into your presence and your power. I know I can't do this. I can feel that I can't do that. I want to train wreck my life and I want to train wreck this church. I want to trust you and submit to you. You have that opportunity right now. So, so don't, let, let's put down the faux self for a second. God's already outed you in the cross, pastor. Nobody's fooled. You just think you're fooling. That's exhausting stuff. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. Then we're going to sing a bit. And I want to encourage you, man. You need to confess to people, people you trust. If you don't have somebody you can trust, find somebody that, that's here for Exponential and just grab and go, man, I just need to talk to somebody. Man, I am an orphan and exhausted. Let me pray. Father, I pray a blessing over these men and women. I just ask for those who, who just said, man, I'm, I'm struggling to believe in the promises of God. Will you just flood their minds right now, Holy Spirit of God, with those promises you have already fulfilled in them. And I pray for those who stood up to me. I am weary and exhausted. And I am relying on myself and what I read and what I can apply and what I can, and I'm, I don't know how much longer I can do it. I just pray, Spirit, of Christ right now in this moment, would you encourage their hearts? I just pray that they could rest in the fact that they haven't been called to do that, but to rest in you. Pray that you would give them brothers and sisters in arms. that could come alongside of them and war with them in these spaces. I thank you for all the breakouts and all the main stage sessions and all that we've got before us, but I pray in this moment, Spirit, that you would just drive just drive a peg, an altar of remembrance right into their heart, and they would remember that in your mercy you revealed to them in this 25, 35 minutes that they weren't trusting you anymore, and that they were trusting themselves too much, and I pray that that would not bring about condemnation, but joy that you have revealed it, and in your revealing it to us, there's an objective evidence of grace and mercy. We need you. We bless you. It's for your beautiful name I pray. Amen.
1: Let's conclude our time in prayer. Oh God, we, as your people, have had the opportunity to be fed with the bread of life. We've had the opportunity to drink from living water, Lord. And God, I just pray that you would use that nourishment, Lord, to send us out to be your hands and feet. We can do that, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, even if we're at home with those around us or if we're blessing others online, God. There are so many ways that we can continue to be your hands and feet, oh God, to speak your life into any given situation, even this one that we're in, Lord. And God, we just pray, surrender today. We want to surrender to you and pray that your will would be done. Align us with that will this morning, God Almighty. Lord, we want to be able to grow into the people that you created us to be. Into the men and the women that have been called for purpose, that have been called with a new identity marked by you, Lord, marked by Christ. Lord, make us new. Use this word, use this prayer, use this time of praise, Lord, to make us new creations that reflect Jesus. For it's in his faithful name that we pray all of this. Amen.